0: Welcome to another episode of the Cool Tool Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Rob Ray. Hey, Rob, would you mind introducing
1: yourself to our listeners and watchers? Not at all. Sure. I'm happy to. I'm Rob Ray. I'm from Los Angeles. I'm an artist and a professor of design at California State University, San Bernardino.
0: Well, welcome, Rob. I'm really looking forward to your selection of tools. We'd love I'm excited artists, to have here. artists online. is really great. Um, so can you give me, um, your first tool? What's, what's excites you these days?
1: Yeah, sure. I, um, I, I will admit this was a challenge because I'm such a fan of cool tools that I feel like most of the things I own have been on cool tools or, or is because of cool tools. (laughs) So, so I was really, um, uh intimidated i guess at first i was like oh what would i do and i was like no this i got this from cool tools i got this from cool tools <laughs> so right. so then i came up with a theme which i call cool tools of chance so oh, okay yeah so so all of these are sort of chance based tools that right. i use in my life um for fun reasons and the first um tool of chance that i have is a chessx brand uh dungeons and dragons style dice set uh, and that is um, a set of dice that many people might be familiar of. If you do role-playing games, uh, it's a four-sided die, a six-sided die, an eight-sided die, two 10-sided die, a 12-sided die, and a 20-sided die. And um, for and those so, of you, it's, they sound like this, which many people know the sound. <laughs> and and the idea is, is that um,
0: what does this variety of dyes give you that
1: yes the normal two cube dyes don't right yeah sure um uh so i use these in a kind of wacky way i guess in my life uh and i use them to help me make decisions and kind of frame my thinking mm. or to disrupt myself from getting stuck so uh, it's like the e-ching a little bit where exactly, you exactly exactly
0: throwing it down and you're kind of you're kind of willing to obey wherever yes. it leads you in a certain sense, and so so the I Ching you know has coins but yes. and they're kind of like set of dice. Yep, but um, th- those are still pretty simple. But but yes. why do you need the elaborate, multi variant, um,
1: dimensional things that you get with, with with this? Totally, yeah. I mean, I think you could totally use just a standard set of six sided dice if you wanted to. Um, I often might carry one or two of those in my pocket. It's Uh more easier to carry than a whole whole um, pile, but I just like the fun of them. And also Uh it kind of, again, frames your thinking. So I'll give you an example. So I don't I don't like working out, but I I try to, you know, Uh, and so to make it fun, um, I roll a 20 sided die to figure out how long I'm going to work out. Uh, and so so a lot of people, the answer would be
0: whatever, how, that's how many minutes? Yes, that's right. One one minute, 20 is 20 minutes.
1: That's right. And so, you know, if you get a (laughs) one minute workout, then you're totally excited that, you know, the die dictated today that you only have to work out for one minute. (laughs) The universe has conspired to say I only need to do one minute. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But then you really understand the law of averages and that most times, you know, you're not going to get that. Right, it's a it's a very rare chance that you'd get one or twenty. You'll yep. probably get something else, um, and then you can combine die like a like a dungeon master or someone who does role playing would. You might roll three six sided die for your workout. Right, that will be a maximum of eighteen minutes, but a minimum of three because uh-huh. one plus one plus one is three. So that gives you a, you can you can combine the die in fun ways to um, further constrain or kind of right. excite right. your decision making right. process. I also use them because um, people really don't like chance. So um, I don't know if you've ever had this situation, but if you're in a group of people and you can't decide where to eat or something, mm-hmm. anyone who proposes like let's flip a coin will motivate the decision in this really interesting way because people don't like leaving it up to, to nobody. you know. And so I also use them in my teaching uh, to help mm-hmm. stimulate that sort of thing. So I'll say something like, um, okay, I would like you to do eight of these exercises but how about we roll a 10-sided die and that will and then whatever that number is that's how many of them you have to do for your homework assignment uh that makes me look good because there's only two chances that it'll be above eight a nine or a ten uh and often then they feel like they got a good deal because if i roll a four then they only have to do four of the exercises but, which is fine but you're saying in this case they do like the chance they, you don't in this have case, the they thing where the yeah, classroom yeah.
0: rebels and says no 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 we don't we that's don't right. want
1: that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, and I also have them roll them. Sometimes I have them sort of roll their own assignment. So I'll say like, um, I'll give them a worksheet that says like, you know, roll a dice uh, for I teach um, UI UX. Uh, so I teach mm-hmm. a lot of that is like website building and stuff. So if I have them do like a test navigation or something, I'll say just roll the dice to give yourself how many navigation items you have to build that way. It's like six or eight or three. Uh, because often that's as a designer, that's what we're dealing with. We're, we're dealing with these sort of circumstances outside of our control, our quantities outside of our control mm-hmm. that we then have to, to design into. And uh, so I use the dice for for that as well. It makes me look less evil. Okay. Um, the 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 die that you're
0: actually recommending, yes. uh, Besides the fact that they're m- multi-sided and various, yes. are they in any other way superior to other?
1: complicated dice i i find i find them superior and i'll ex- explain why the first reason why is they're cheap um and uh could you, could you show them again yes um, certainly um, yeah yeah and, point, and they, they sound out. great they have a really classic die sound
0: okay, um, these so are you have a handful of die and they're red in this case yes that's right and so and like here's a classic 20-sided 20-sided complicated platonic shape and then there's yep, the yep, cube yep and so, so this 12. is a set, and you're saying
1: it's a cheap set. That's one thing. Yep, it's cheap, and um, which I really like because I, I, think I know you're a fan of cheap tools as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a thing that I like about them is they're they're nice, but they're not so nice. I wouldn't give them away for, for, to someone who's interested in them. Oh, I see. So, w- how so much do they cost? I think they're roughly like between eight and twelve dollars, depending okay. on shipping and that sort of right. thing. Right. Okay. They can be even less. Um, which is, is also great. And the, the reason I really like the Chessex dice is they're so enthusiastic about dice. It's infectious. Like if you go to their <laughs> website, they have all these different colors, they have all these different sizes, they make these kind of bespoke runs that are really ugly and strange. Right, right. Um, they're really wacky. And they even sell what they call a pound of dice, which is a 30 pound box of of dice uh so you could get a huge box and then give them away for free and i, I have considered it but dice by the done. pound okay yes. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that would that would encourage you to give them away um and they're in indiana that company and i, um, I really want to go there
0: i i remember i think mark at one point was recommending some kind of um novelty weighted dice oh nice yeah um and, and i
1: assumed that is that ever in your own toolkit? I definitely, you know, I've, I've definitely thought about it, uh, especially in classes. I think it would be fun to have them be like, wait a minute. Like <laughs> it, it inject some doubt. I'm really a fan of the Museum of Jurassic Technology in yeah. Los Angeles. Uh-huh. For people who haven't been, it's a really amazing um, museum in, a, in yeah. a kind of interesting sense of that. And uh, Ricky Jay, the magician, has a wonderful display of di- of dice uh called rot it's the the exhibit is called rotten luck and it's device made um from the material that film is made from it's a sort of gelatin Sollulus, I guess. Cellulose. yeah thank you and they're, uh-huh. they're very flammable as far as i know and they've decayed in this wonderful way over time these dice and um it's a really beautiful um now that he's he's passed on it's a really kind of beautiful testament to ricky sure. j's uh curiosity and and, celluloid was not very
0: stable and which is one of the reasons why the earliest films were Ah, um, right so disintegrating besides being flammable it was also disintegrating right ouch
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay um ricky that's really great how about um your second tool yeah my second tool um is another cool tool of chance and it's the thrift store uh and the thrift store you know is a um place, maybe more than a tool, but, but I, I, I really like cool tools, um, very broad interpretation of what a tool is. Um, and I will, um, call out something specifically, and that is a website called the thriftshopper.com. It's a search tool to find thrift stores in a town. And so if you're driving through a town, getting gas and you want to know like, Oh, where's a thrift store around here? Uh, Google maps is good, but I really like the thrift shopper because it, it has a little bit extra uh, information and photos and stuff, and often a, a thrift store, especially photos, can be good because you um some of them are hard to find. They're in tiny, almost garage-like spaces, and so I really like the thrift shopper.com as a way to find them. Being a connoisseur of thrift stores, what, yes. What can you say? What are some of your tips about finding great stuff? It, yes, it, yeah, yeah. I I actually, uh, it's cool you brought up the I Ching. Um, I hope i'm pronouncing that correctly um i think of the thrift store as an itching like you never know what you're going to get at the thrift store but you'll definitely get something useful for your thinking and making um i, I am not a, a clothes person so much and i think a lot of people think of thrift stores as a place to find clothing yeah, yeah. um i i think of them as a kind of lumber yard of creativity uh mm-hmm. it's this sort of raw material uh, okay. repository and so i often gravitate towards the pots and pans the electronics the weird piles of cables um but i also um found i, I brought uh, this is uh, john steinbeck's the grapes of wrath the unabridged audio book okay. for, for three dollars <laughs> and i i looked this up on um some of the retail outlets yeah. and you know uh, um audiobooks is one of the things i think just hasn't gotten cheaper over time strangely uh-huh. enough um, and so I really like that. Uh, this is CDs or is this uh, tapes? These are CDs. So I did have okay. to convert them to MP3 for my um, listening yeah, yeah, device. Yeah, that's really great.
0: Um, I know I follow a YouTuber, Jessa, who likes to take thrift store paintings and yeah. remake them. nice. Yeah. Into more interesting paintings. Um, what other kinds of, of finds have you found? And And, and I guess... Are can you tell before you head in about mm-hmm. what might be a more promising thrift store than others? Are there certain yes. brands? Are there certain yeah. um indicators to to, to people to, to know whether well that's that that one is very promising and that one is probably not? I lean towards the independent
1: um kind of more scrappy thrift stores because I find um, the people in them are more interesting. And that's part of going to the thrift store is, uh-huh. you know, it's like going to a garage sale. You're just going to end up talking to somebody about something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, a, and, and those types of thrift stores attract the the local population, I think, in a way that's really fun. Rather than and, the chains, meaning like the good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But but again, the, a thing that's nice about the thrift store is it's not up to the thrift store what shows up in them, right? right. And so, uh, any thrift store I think is a good th- is a good thrift store. Right, and right. Um, I did I did find this is my coffee mug this morning, and this is a particularly great thrift store find. This is a coffee mug from Vandenberg Air Force from outside of Vandenberg Air Force Base, and this is a commemorative coffee mug celebrating the launch. This. There you go, of a spy satellite that supposedly doesn't exist. Uh huh the K-13, the K-13 has just recently um, right, right, right. Sort of been exposed when uh-huh. Donald Trump shared uh, photos from what they think was K-13. Uh, yeah. So you can find things at the thrift store that you just could not buy anywhere else and maybe no one wants you to Oh, have. I see, because they were um, discarded by somebody who worked there. And- exactly, exactly. It was probably someone's like, hey, we did it, you know, here's a coffee yeah, yeah. mug. And then it ended up in, in my hands. Yeah, at the that's really store. interesting. So one of the...
0: Changes of mind that I've had and I've learned over the years about scavenging mm-hmm. is that um, you really want to if you're a serious scavenger, yeah, you really want to scavenge only for your current project,
1: yeah. Otherwise, you turn <laughs> into a hoarder. So I'll so, try to take that as a lesson, Kevin.
0: So, so the 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 rule of thumb is is this kind of uses right now because the idea of like scavenging for the future is very dangerous. It is very dangerous. You accumulate things. And so, um, and, and here's, and here's the thing. If you're a really good scavenger, that will work out because this is what I've discovered is that yes. if I need some lumber now, I'll go looking scavenging for it and I will find it. There's totally, enough totally. being thrown away that with few exceptions
1: you don't really need to stockpile your scavenging yes because I, I I, to your point I have deep emotional attachment to VHS tapes that I paid 50 cents for that I can't get rid of and it's like <laughs> these will come back again in my life they cost 50 cents but they're taking up too many square feet in my yeah yeah spending. yeah um, wise yeah.
0: words so so, um, yeah so that's that's one caution for you out there if you're a beginner beginner scavenger just scavenge
1: for the current need. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, or at least go small. That's my, that's my, yeah. <laughs> like I, I scavenge Blu-ray DVDs of, of movies that I like, uh-huh. um, because they're, those are now hitting thrift stores because of just the it's 2023, yeah. you know, people are kind of getting rid of DVDs and Blu-rays and, um, I've got a bunch of them and I, I do feel bad about it, but they're small. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you burn them and then pass them on, do you, you keep them? Here's the thing that was kind of interesting is I, I thought I would. And then I was like, these already take up so little space. All right. You know, I was like, they're, they're DVD. I could put them in a sleeve, you know, if I don't care yeah, about yeah, the yeah, box. Yeah. I, I also keep the art, but I just take it out of the case. Yeah. And I realized that, especially for a Blu-ray, if you rip a Blu-ray, it, it's a lot of gigabytes. Yeah, it's actually the Blu-ray is still sort of kind of an efficient storage mechanism right, right, over right. a hard drive. So I stopped doing that after I realized a couple of after a couple of runs, I was like, mm, I'll just yeah. I'll just not have to do that, <laughs> which has well, been good. I have friends who use Plex, I think it's called. Yeah, right. Which is basically a
0: cloud. I have tried that storage yeah. for their movies, and they put it on Plex, and then they can access them anywhere they want, anytime. Yeah. And um, seems great. Yeah. So it's sort of a homegrown cloud version. Um, okay, so um, back to then to your tool, which is this directory okay. of the thrift stores in the US, I
1: presume, or is it worldwide or what?
0: I, it's, I've i only looked in the US, so I think the
1: thriftshopper.com is, is just for the United States. Right, so wrong. if you
0: want to find thrift stores while you're traveling or even maybe better
1: ones in the neighbor, your own area, you use this. Yeah, and, and I have found some that Google doesn't have when i search google which is also nice okay
0: so that's really great and that is the called again the national thrift store directory yeah the it's thrift thousand
1: stores oh and they also have reviews people review them yeah yeah it's good okay. you know thrift store reviews are sort of like other reviews but but even more interesting in some ways i think um yeah. I guess people have different ideas of what they expect from what they expect. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: yeah. 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 Oh, it's all closed Okay. Yeah. All right. I get it. So,
1: okay. right. um, so Rob, what's another tool? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So we're going to move. So another um, cool tool of chance for moving out of maybe antiquity or the thrift store and into an app, which I really like, um, it's called the koala, sampler app and um i know samplers have probably been on cool tools before um i don't know I, what a sampler is tell me, tell me what a sampler sure is. yeah a sampler is um a, a fancy word for essentially a digital audio recorder uh with some extra features and so if you think of like a voice memo recorder or something like that right or even just the voice memo app on your phone that is a type of sampler it's recording your voice to a digital file um, musicians want special features around this type of functionality, right? Uh, sampler uh, is a, a way that traditionally might be used to record drums that a live musician might play. Mm-hmm. And then you would use these digitized samples or recordings of the audio to make your own drum patterns or something like that. To um, like output into a MIDI or something. Exactly, yeah. And I, I will admit I have owned many, many samplers in my life and, uh, and have been largely fine with them, but they often suffer a lot of feature bloat and a lot of complexity that I think is kind Mm -hmm. of scary and off-putting to someone like me and and to other people. And the Koala sampler app that I really like, it runs on, um, it runs on Android devices and iOS devices. I have it on, um, my phone and on my iPad. I'll just show you the app right here so you're holding
0: up a screen and i see a lot of red
1: squares and rectangles and yes each of those red squares holds recording. that's right yep yep and this is um very actually i'll show you here is um on my ipad i cleared my ipad so you could see like what a person would see when they first load it and it says here press and hold a red pad to record right i'll actually i'll just do it really quick greetings kevin and now you can see the audio file. Okay, all right. In that square. So what
0: sampling is doing is not only recording it, but giving you kind of a display or interface. That's right. To work with these little tiny samples and maybe
1: drag them around, or combine them, or in some ways play with them. Exactly, and a lot of people know maybe what a soundboard is. A soundboard mm-hmm. is used by podcasters or something to play. Or on radio to use like a laugh track or something like that. And this Koala layer, you can use just like a soundboard. You can record um, anything you want into these. And people, there, there's a really great, really one of the reasons I wanna recommend this is it's $4. But the second one reason I wanna recommend it is um, there's a really vibrant YouTube community around people who use this and people who come up with hacks like um, screen recording YouTube in order to then sample YouTube sounds into this uh-huh. and I that see. sort of thing, which I find um, really, fruitful and fun and in a right. way in something that sort of standard samplers don't do.
0: So so, so what I'm getting is that the Koala, app, not just recording them, but also in some ways being able for you to use them, manipulate them, play with them once you've recorded them. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Which your voice memo is not going to be able to do. That's right. That's right. And, and, and sort of, yes, kind of exactly. That's right. It's, it's a really un, an interface to manipulate small chunks of sound or play them in a pattern. Um, right. which is your your voice memo tool won't do. And I particularly like the iPhone version because just like the sort of old adage of the best camera you can have is the one in your pocket, right. the best sampler you can have is the one in your pocket. <laughs> and so uh, you can be walking down the street or hear really interesting crows, I find, make really wonderful, interesting uh-huh. sounds, uh-huh. and I can just pull it out of my pocket while I'm walking the dog and real it. And then the
0: um, besides playing with it on the app, does, what, what does output to...
1: Um, other things easily it does yeah there's there's some sort of fancy features where you can pull it into other tools more complex musician friendly tools um i find that i never i probably should do that at some point but i find that i never do i just get so into making them uh and then you can output the whole pattern to its, its own mp3 file or something like that if you want so you can like make a little song right on the application right and um i find that's kind of the funnest thing to do so you
0: can export as mp3 then at least that's right Yep, that's right yeah yeah well that's really
1: cool okay koala is that koala yeah yeah i I, uh, I really love that it um it asks you to think about the sounds in the world uh differently you know Right. And, I, and I find that type of exploration just really, really fun. And when you have a sampler on your desk in your office, you don't do that. But when it's in your pocket and you're walking around, you do. Right. So I, and uh, you say it's four dollars. Yep, four ninety nine. Yeah. It's that's really
0: great. It's like Procreate. It's like a one time small fee. That's really yeah,
1: good. totally. That's like a hundred times cheaper than some samplers I've purchased. <laughs> uh huh. And it also looks like it does some kinds of special effects. It, like it does. And that is a feature of many samplers all that kind of yep, stuff. is echo or reverse or, yeah. um, and, in one of the things you'll find with a sampler is, you know, I recorded two words, greetings, Kevin, yeah. but you can, you can make a whole drum set out of just these little snippets yeah. of my S's sound like a cymbal or my, my plosives sound like a uh-huh. bass drum and you can really do a lot with just the voice. That's really great. Okay. Koala Samper for the
0: iPhone or Androids. That's really yep. great. Okay, so Rob, um, your fourth
1: uh, tool. Okay, cool. Back back to the web. Um, my this is probably my my most favorite uh, our most used cool tool on this list, which is the Open Library. Mm. Uh, that's openlibrary.org. It it is a cool tool of chance for me. I, I don't use it in the way that someone might typically use a library, which is to go find a book that they know they need. I use it to um I use it to find things that I didn't know I liked. So I'll <laughs> I'll do a search like squirrel and then I'll just see what the results are and I'm often prone to digging back into old the oldest books I can find. For that, okay, for that, that thing. word, or especially ones before, um, maybe nineteen sixty, uh, and the re- and, and I have some reasons for that. One of them is um, I really enjoy old illustrations, and so before the advent of photography, and especially mm-hmm. before it became cheap to put photos in right, books, right. we hired illustrators, and so I really love finding old illustrations in in right, the open right. library.
0: So, so I just so the open library
1: looks like it, it's. Is it run from the Internet Archive? It is. Yeah, it was. I didn't know this until looking this up for the for the podcast. But um, it was an Aaron Schwartz project. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Yeah. So so it looks like this is like a a
0: totally scanned books, and I'm that's right. They're but they're not just public domain. They're also looks like the stuff is in copyright. But it's a, um, yeah, it's a strange collection of both copyrighted and non-copyrighted material. Right. So, but the idea is, is that these are and, and what are you getting? Are you getting texts or is it uh, only text or do, are they um, audible books as well or what, what, are they PDFs? What, what do you, what do you get? You it, get it's um books?
1: yeah, there's a few different versions of the book you can get. Um, I prefer just looking at the book in the viewer that's on the, in the browser. Okay, Uh, and and because I use it for kind of collection, collecting illustrations, um, I often just make a screenshot of the illustration that I like off off the browser. But you you can certainly um, pull the text down into, I think, EPUB format. And they also use uh, Adobe has this tool called like digital editions or something like that that um, will allow you to read the um, uh, sort of encrypted uh, books as well on on your phone or is it all web-based i do it on my laptop uh, digital editions is a sort of installable adobe tool Uh, but they also for for other and so sorry uh, i'll explain a little bit you can check out some books meaning for a short period of time or there's some books that are just openly available and you can download those straight to your computer I, i do both okay and um how is the search function is it pretty reliable do you it uh, is yeah again i think because of how i use it i think if i tried to search for something specific it's not gonna like if i tried to search war of the worlds mm -hmm. that's a book that's probably out of copyright and that would i'm not sure it it probably would come up but i often am searching more general terms like Mm -hmm. lightning or uh or or maybe like cognitive science terms or something right. to get me to uh, this sort of rich, sure. s- these rich sets of illustrations that just look strange or interesting.
0: You, you, yeah. This is back to kind of the, the serendipitous. Yes. Account. Most like the thrift store. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, this is really cool. I, um, I mean, it, it can be used in conjunction with most libraries, public Definitely. libraries have access these days online access if you have a card you can um access quite a lot of books but this looks like it may be good for those older weirder odd odd ones that i
1: agree yeah local library is unlikely to to have in their collection that's exactly right kevin that's exactly right yeah there there's there are often books that are um you'll see um, what's really fun about looking at books from the open library is they're scanned. And so one of the, the funnest things is to look at the first few pages and you can see what library owned them, yeah. the checkout dates and stuff. And they're, they're often yeah. quite old. I mean, I think a lot of the, of the open library books is, you know, when you go to the library and in some universities and there's that floor of the library that no one goes to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think of the open library as that, that, that floor digitized uh-huh. right, and, and right, right, right. instead of having to like wind all the stacks apart and right, stuff. Right. You can, you can internet search it.
0: Have you um, just since you're interested in old illustrations yeah. and weird um, oddball uh, corners, have you encountered the public domain review? I just did actually. It was in recommendo. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. I did. Yeah. I think I'm sure that's how I got it. <laughs> um, uh, it's so good. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, I love it. Yeah. It's, it it's has, a wonderful project. Um,
0: it's made for people like you who are into, What's the word I want? Esoteric and yes, um, unconventional illustrations that usually were done long ago. Long and, ago, yeah. Um, yeah, often with a different non-contemporary
1: sensibility, which is one of their the virtues, is because it's different. It's definitely, relevant. definitely. Different. It's it's weird to think of. I mean, I think YouTube now is a place where many of these books might live in, today. You know, if if I was someone today thinking about how would i explain um what lightning is youtube might be the place i would go to do that in 2023 but in you know 1917 you wrote it out and you found an illustrator to illustrate the different types of lightning or something and uh, so i love it for that too of just thinking like i I often put my myself in that time to think about like Mm. oh i'm an enthusiast about lightning Mm-hmm. This is my, maybe how I would have done it instead of a YouTube video.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I can go on for hours about how I think YouTube is under it's great. underappreciated, it's great. undervalued for the role that it actually has in our culture. And that's one part of it. So, Rob, um, excuse me. <clears throat> um, what are you interested in these days? What do you want to share with um with listeners about Yeah. Um, oh.
1: Uh, this is the scariest part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um I have a new project that I'm starting that I'll, I'll tell listeners about. I, w- I would love for them to check it out. It's called um, kdzu.org. Uh, the website is up now, but the project has, is not quite launched, but it's really close. Uh, KDZU is, is a lot of people probably think like, oh, is that a radio station? And um, it's, I will say this, it's a a new creative project I'm working on that sort of embraces the theater of radio without having an actual transmitter.
0: Mm, boy, <laughs> um, that, re- that reminds me of when I was in high school, we had a band that didn't play music. Nice. We had all the, all the stuff, I t-shirts, newsletter, so and everything else, but we didn't play any music. We just did the other stuff.
1: That is uh, so cool. Oh my gosh. Wow. Can I,
0: can I ask what they were, what you recall? the purple 13. Wow. Um, I did That's one of the awesome. first music videos in 1969, which is up on the web now. Oh, I got I'm definitely gonna um, check that out. And, um, but so tell me about the, the radio,
1: the theater. What did you say? Sure. Yeah. KDZU that I, I think of it as a theater project, but I am going to play music. Um, uh-huh. but, and I think, um, okay, so I'll, I'll try to explain it. So I think radio is still fascinating as a concept, you know, uh, that there's a human who wants to share music with the world who has an interesting personality. That's mm-hmm. part of their exp- creative expression mm-hmm. that they use the microphone for. Um, and so um, people may know the electrifying mojo from Detroit, who's a very uh, uh, kind of heroistic figure for me, electrifying mojo played wonderful music in the eighties and nineties in Detroit but also had a ton of personality. People may know like Wolfman Jack also Mm -hmm. was this kind of, um, a larger than life figure that he sort of used radio to, to create his character with. Um, and so for me, um, is this idea of the radio station almost as a kind of spaceship or as a, a site that we see in video. And this will be on YouTube, um, as a kind of theater stage, uh, where music is played and personalities come out and guests come on. Uh, but it's using this kind of, uh, artifice artifice of like the radio station with faders and microphones and, um, uh, on air lights and that sort of thing, uh, to create the scene. But, but the point is, is to share music that. Um, I love and music that other that my guests will love Mm -hmm. uh, with other people in the kind of age of algorithmic um, prediction I guess Um, this might be a humanistic prediction (laughs) so it's in some ways kind of like um,
0: they always make a joke about you know radio being without pictures you have a face for radio yes this is kind of like the YouTube version of a radio station.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it really, okay, that's, that's exactly, interesting. That's, so it's all the, yeah.
0: as you said, it's all the visuals of the control board and people coming in and out. on right. Um, it's really funny because I only spent one year in college, but during that year, I had a radio show in the morning, awesome. a college radio show, because nobody else was interested in the yep. morning. In the morning. Early. <laughs> I was. Yep. 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 And I had total 100% freedom that's awesome Do whatever yep. i wanted to do as far as i could tell Yeah, <laughs> because yep. it was like i'm not even sure again i was never sure how many people were listening because it's a morning college radio show it's like totally yep up. i don't know but i'm doing my thing and um it was the age when you were playing queuing up albums you know records vinyl and you had little cassette recordings on tape for the – well, they weren't weren't the mini cassettes. They were bigger cassettes, almost like a VHS-level thing that did the little, you know, what's the word, routines. Right, right, uh, right. Intros and stuff. You had to read the news from a teletype thing that would print out the news, and you'd be reading – marking up before and then having to read the stuff. So it was very analog. There was, there was a, I think that's what you're kind of going off. There was analog sensibility to it that I guess was theatrical. Now that I'm thinking of you could probably make a sitcom that was just the, just the
1: uh, radio room. Right. 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 And like WKRP in Cincinnati, right. Was was this kind of eighties TV show that was about radio you know, okay. that, that I find interesting. And there, there was also um, this really great film from the seventies called vanishing point. It's one of these sort of cop chase uh-huh. muscle car films, yeah. but there's a Cleveland little plays, an amazing pirate radio broadcaster out of goldfield, Nevada. Uh-huh. And he sort of is the, the narrator of the film uh-huh. and, and his radio voice is that narration. And it's, it's a wonderful kind uh-huh. of way to use radio as a storytelling. Well, Prompt. Wow, that's really great, okay, so we'll look for and is it like do you say kudzu yeah kate yeah exactly it's 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 um i'm from the south yeah. and uh uh kudzu is is a a Japanese plant, i believe yeah uh that is not indigenous to the south but was brought in for erosion control, I believe, or something like that, and it's sort of taken over the south, and I really love this idea of this kind of invasive species taking over, and so I used <laughs> k d z u uh as my call letters, yeah uh <laughs> 'Cause yeah.
0: So um that's really great. Well um readers, listeners can can, you know, be directed there and um we'll wish you the best success. Thank in- you. Thanks. Oh, thanks. It's it's launching this month, so I'm I'm quite nervous, but uh I'm ready, I think. Um and then, you know, going back to your to the die and um mm-hmm. stuff, um, do you use those in combination with some of those um what do they call these cars, these um you know, like uh, oblique strategies. You oh know, yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely have think a little of, bit of element of that. But um, yes, totally. To kind of, if you don't want to just rely on numbers, to translate the numbers into something, some other dimensions. Do, do you ever
1: work together with with cards, or just use the cards themselves, or? I, I do have an oblique strategies card deck, the Brian Eno um sort of uh uh set of decision making tools. I, I um you know it's funny, I I I have thought about trying to make a set for myself and I get so stymied trying to figure out what I would do or how to create that kind of um, you know, maybe English language randomness or structure. Uh so I've only stuck to the numbers, but I I, I would love to eventually get to a place. Um, and maybe maybe using something from the open library or something like a cut up technique or something yeah. like maybe it's not for me to decide what the words right, are. Right. Like maybe I just have to cut them up some words, paragraphs and see what lands.
0: Well, I think I mean, I don't I am i don't know if there's a oblique strategy app, but I think you could also make an app. For sure. Things, for sure. Yeah. That you yeah. shake the
1: phone or something and it um, it gives you a new one. I think, I think shaking the phone is such a missed wonderful gesture, yeah, <laughs> you like, know, like, um, I don't know. Like it's certainly technically possible in our devices to shake it and have it do something. And, and I think that's such a wonderful gesture of frustration or excitement or, um, enthusiasm that, that it would be really cool if we had more shaking yeah. interfaces, the shake interface. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm wondering if that's built into the OS somewhere. Yeah, you would think so, right? You would think, right. You certainly have the, the the technology inside. I remember there was something at one point that was a pretty basic command of
0: shaking, but I it didn't last very long.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I imagine it's a kind of a strange thing to share with someone like you have to shake it and maybe it shakes in our pocket too much. Or that. There's probably some constraints yeah. I'm not thinking about. But well, I don't know. Really if, if
0: you, you know if if these uh, walking apps can tell exactly what's a yep. step and not. I would yep. think yep. that you would be able to know what a deliberate shake was.
1: Yeah, maybe you could do like a tap and hold and or shake maybe you or, do something. It twice yeah. or something. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, some I, tricks there we could, yeah. we could scheme up. <laughs> That's right. You're a UX guy. Okay, so uh, um, P- Purple Thirteen is it? Was that your Purple Thirteen,
0: name? Kevin yeah. Kelly on my site? Yeah. There's a little Almond Brothers. Um, Really kind of, I had, a, I had an eight millimeter camera and own a couple rolls of film that I could afford. Yep. yeah. So, uh, but there's a mix of black and white and
1: just silly stuff. That's so, great. Yeah. That's great. Maybe the P- Purple 13 app is, is in someone's future. <laughs> Gotta keep, keep the promotional materials going for Purple 13. Man. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so
0: um, this has really been great, Rob. Thank really you great. For, thank you so um, much the the suggestions and um we really appreciate your volunteering
1: to be on here and um best of luck with kudzu. I'm so excited thank you I I all of my friends are sick of me probably sharing episodes of cool tools and so I'm totally excited to be on one. Well great thank you. Thank you, Kevin. This year
0: our cool tools blog will be 20 years old which means we've been posting something new every day for 20 years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. You've kept this place going, and we are very grateful for you. With this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year. And I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools that you'd like to share with us, um, please sign up on our form on the website, and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking on, talking on a video, and um, you need to have some tools that you can show um, we record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a visual video version of it, as well as an audible version. Fill out the form if you're interested and um, list your four, four cool tools, and we'll see if there's a good fit. The applications aren't guaranteed in any way, um, and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um, whether the times will work for you. So um, we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world, not just in the U.S., although the tools have to be available online, easily available online. And um, if you are a longtime listener, you kind of know what the definition of our tools are. They're very broad. They can be anything that's handy from something in the kitchen to something used to travel to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guest for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website. Um, And we look forward to, to chatting with you. Thank
1: you.